Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Man, thanks, Jake. And again, good morning. All right, today is going to be a little different as you're giving your offerings. Uh, I just uh, want to welcome you to a, to a specially designed service today. Uh, and and I, my prayer is that today will just be a very powerful yet intimate time with the Lord. Uh, it's, it's, it, I just have to say it's very special people who show up to a Sunday morning service on New Year's Day. Yeah, but it says a lot about you. It really does. And I want to honor you for that. I know some cannot be here because of travel. Uh, but but I, I appreciate the fact that you are here. So I want you to locate in your Bible Philippians chapter number 3, verse 13. Philippians 3.13. That's in the New Testament near the back of the Bible. You know, it just feels great to be in church today. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah, aren't you glad you don't have to deal with a hangover today? It's just like, yeah, yeah, that's good. It's just, it's kind of nice. You just don't have to deal with a hangover or anything like that. And, and, uh, and I don't know what's been going on, but ever since about 5.30 this morning, the, uh, the fire engines just keep running out of here, you know, with the, which is right across the street from us. I hear them at the office all the time. Usually don't hear them in here, but they're running out dealing with, with accidents and problems like that. And, and I'm just glad. We don't have to deal with any of that. We're, we're alive and sober and not hungover. Amen? <laughs> Good. Some of y'all didn't say amen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just, <laughs> you like being hungover. Well, whatever. But uh, today is a day for setting 2023 in order for you. And that is my challenge today, ultimately, is to set your year in order. So, The title of my message today is very simple. It's called Your Word for 2023. We're going to do that plus some other things. Now, now, discovering your word for the year is an annual tradition with us here at the church. We we just, this is something that we do uh, either late in the year or or sometimes the first Sunday of the year, which is what we're doing today. We'll uh, we'll have this opportunity just to probe deep into our hearts and to find one single word for the year that's going to give us uh, some direction for the future. I'm going to talk you through that over the next few minutes here. But, but I ultimately, I want to challenge you to make some decisions today, some decisions to participate in what God has for you, as well as even begin to create some proclamations over your life, over your family, over your home. And I, I believe that is, that is powerful. I'm going to ask you to go deep into your heart today and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want to pause and I want to pray right now for everyone in this room, everyone who's watching online. I'm going to ask you to engage the power of the Holy Spirit through this prayer. Will you just pray with me? Lord God, we just come to you right now and we ask for there to be openness in our hearts. God, let our hearts be open wide to receive your word. God, the scriptures tell us, in fact, you even preached about this, that there are all types of different hearts, and and most are not open and receptive, but we want ours to be. So God, we, we take this time to open our hearts to the word of God, and also to the voice of the spirit. God, I pray that you will take what I'm sharing today, and that you will customize it for every individual through the power of your Holy Spirit so that it's not me that's talking, but it's the Spirit that's speaking in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I mean, I want to start off by saying today's decisions and declarations, even your one word is a declaration, but today's decisions and declarations, it positions you for a new year. It gets you in position. It gets you ready to go. And, uh, and I'm going to ask you to do some things. I'll just tell you right up front what I'm going to ask you to engage with today. One is to select your, uh, your one word for 2023. Simply come and I mean, select it. You saw there's a little card on your, on your uh, uh, chair. And there's an also, you can do it through online through the app. But, but you've seen that. And I'll explain that to you here in just a few minutes if you don't know how that works. But, uh, but I'm going to ask you to select your one word for this year. There's a second thing I'm going to ask you to do today, and that is to partake of communion. And we're going to have a special time of communion right here at the front or individually. I, Rebecca and I are going to serve every single one of you individually with communion. I, I want to do that. That's, that's something that's, that's deep in my heart that I wanted to do on this day for several weeks. And and another thing is I'm going to ask you to allow yourself to be anointed. And, and I'm going to talk a little more about that, what that means and how that works. But, but uh, I, I want to anoint you with oil when you come up for, for, uh, for, for communion. I want to pray over you. I want to anoint you because I believe that God has great things in store for you for this year. And I want you to be set apart and ready for it. And the, the fourth thing I'm asking you to do today to open your heart and allow this to happen is to allow yourself to be prayed for. Now, that, that takes away a lot of pride. Because pride says, I don't need to be prayed for. I'm good. I'm good the way I am. I don't need to be prayed over or prayed for. But I'm asking you today if that you will be willing to be prayed for and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your lives as, as, as uh, you know, I'm going to be here to pray over you and speak over you. Rebecca will as well as we anoint you. But then the elders are going to come to the front and they're going to be praying over you. So after we're finished anointing you, you're going to go to elders and, and, and just share requests. Share, share whatever it is is that you would like prayer for because these are prayed up people. They've been ready for this and they, they're, they're ready to, to pray for you and to, to impart power on your life. All right, and there's another thing that I'm going to ask you to decide to do and decide to do this now because this is coming up in two weeks, but we are going to have a week of fasting and prayer, prayer and fasting. It's going to be January 15th through the 20th. That's up Sunday through Friday. And and uh, on, the, on the 15th, we're going to have what we call prayer night. We usually do that on the first Sunday of the month, but we're changing that a little bit this, this time to put it into our week of prayer and fasting. So we'll have a, uh, we're going we're gonna to call a fast for the church. I encourage you to engage deeply with that. Begin, And I share that with you now so that you can begin praying about it and seeing what God's saying to you before we hit that week. And um, so we'll have a prayer gathering that night, Sunday evening on the 15th, and then, uh, and then every, mo- every week, every day that week, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we will have noon prayer right here as well. So it's going to be a special time. All right, well, I ask you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And, and I love this scripture because this scripture gives us the... Uh, the, the wisdom to create a stance for ourselves. In fact, I believe that what we're about ready to read here in Philippians chapter 3 is a stance you really need to take every day. You really need to do. Because sometimes, sometimes it's, 
You, you, you go through a day and you just have a rotten day. Now, does that happen to anyone else or is it just me who has a rotten day? I have a rotten day every once in a while. And, and, but I, I learned something wonderful from my wife years ago. And Rebecca, she would say, but it's a new day. The next day, it's a new day. Let the, let the yesterdays be gone. Put it behind you. It's a new day. Move forward. And that has all, that's, that's been something that I've embraced in my life. But it's based upon the scripture we're going to read here. I mean, of course, with her nudging too. And God, thank, you know, we got to thank God for the people in our lives that nudge us in the right direction. But, but I, also, uh, I also want to emphasize the importance of doing this at the beginning of the year because you've got to put last year behind you and you've got to embrace the, the future that's ahead of you. So let's take a look at it. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. This is the Apostle Paul who's saying this, and I love what it says. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. <laughs> so just pause right there. What he's saying there is, I don't have it all together. Is there anyone in this room who doesn't have it all together? That would be all of us, right? Okay, you don't have it all together. Even Paul, which is one of the most amazing men of the Bible, he's saying, I don't have this all together, but still, I'm going to do it. You got that? I, I, I have to just say this real quick here. A lot of people, they give up on their faith. They give up on their pursuit of the Lord. They give up on serving or they give up on, they give up on God because they just feel like they can't do it perfect, so they quit. They give up. Well, Paul is saying, I don't have all this figured out, and, and I don't do all this perfect, but here, <laughs> look at this. So this is good. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of the, all of us, then, who are mature, if you're going to be a mature believer, if you're mature in the Lord, all of us, then, who are mature should take such a view of things. So I'm asking you to make this your stance today. Now, a good illustration of this is TCU football. I, mean, I don't know if any of y'all follow college football, but they played in the Fiesta Bowl yesterday, pretty big thing for, for TCU to, to do that. And, uh, and of course, they're going to be in the championship now uh, here in a couple weeks. Actually, no, it's not a couple weeks. It's, in, it's, it's coming up next week. But they're going to be in the festival Monday of next week. I mean, not the festival, the championship. But, but what happened in Arizona yesterday, they experienced this incredible victory. And all TCU fans have just been ecstatic for the past, oh, 12 hours or so. They've been ecstatic about all of this. Uh, but, but the truth is, what happened in Arizona yesterday has to be left in the past if they have any desire to move on and embrace the championship. They have to. And it's the same way with us. Every day is a new day. Today is a new day for TCU football. And like every year, every year is a new year. You've got to leave the past in the past. Remember what the scripture said. It said this. To, in fact, I want to take you to my uh, statement that I gave you earlier. Is that today's decisions and your declarations will position you for a new year. Now, just a little bit about TCU football is, is uh, TCU's head coach, Dykes. He, he definitely would be one who would be given some credit for what happened. I mean, he's been coaching this team for the past year. And so, yeah, he, he, got, them to, you know, he got them to the playoffs. 
But there's also the former coach Patterson, and this is interesting because he's coached for over 20 years, and he, I would say he has the majority of the credit because he's the one who put it all together. He's the one who set everything in motion. And so, it, please understand this, TCU did not become a major player in college football overnight. It did, just didn't like happen. Oh, we got a new coach, everything's, everything's changed. No, no, you see, decisions made by Mr. Patterson, Coach Patterson, it positioned TCU for a great year, even though there was a leadership shift. But still, even with them, each game is a new game. And you've got to leave the Fiesta Bowl. You have to leave the past in the past. And they're going to be getting these lectures over the next several days. You cannot rest on the successes of your past. Yeah, they get you somewhere. They will move you forward. But you cannot rest on yesterday's successes. And this is also important. You cannot live in the regrets of what happened in the past. Your own mistakes, your own challenges or problems or how you have been uh, ill-treated by someone else or, or just situations in life that just tended to consume you. You've got to move on. You can't live in the regret of the past. So your decisions and your actions and your declarations, they're going to position you today for a good, wonderful year. So I'm going to challenge you to do this. Leave your 2022, the year 2022, leave those wins and leave those losses behind you. Let go of them. Just forget it. Just move forward. I want you to make this your personal call to action, which is this, Philippians chapter uh, 3, verse 14. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. So, first of all, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to, to, even right now, to begin to create a desire to be anointed for a new year. And I want to talk about that for a few minutes. I'm going to ask you to cultivate this in your heart this morning because we're going to have this time of prayer and anointing at the end of the service. Now, just to explain to you what anointing means in the, the scriptures, the word anointed in the, uh, in the New Testament, it is from the Greek term uh, creo, which is, if you were here in service a few weeks ago, you learned about Christos, and that's actually very similar, but it means to be set apart and supernaturally empowered to do great exploits for God. That's what it means to be anointed. You are to be set apart. Jesus came as the anointed one, but then he says, now you do this. I'm going to anoint you, so God anoints us with his spirit, and he says, now you are to do these things. And so, so to, to be anointed is, is to be distinct. It means to be full of the Holy Spirit. It means that you are going to take action. You are going to do things that are going to advance the cause of God one way or another because you are anointed. And I want you to be anointed for this new year. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Jesus explained it this way. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. This is Jesus' job description. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover of sight from the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, that's not only the job description of Jesus as I already shared with you, that's our job description. 
So what I have even done with this is I can take this, and I want you to do things like this as well, because I'm going to share with you a lot of scriptures today. You can take this and create declarations for your life over this. Now, I'm not going to lead you into a detailed thing of create a bunch of declarations, but you should do it. You should do it. Now, I I just want to share with you a few of the declarations that I've been able to pull out of this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has set me apart, and He has supernaturally empowered me to do great exploits for God. Here's another one. The anointing will empower me to proclaim good news to the poor. Here's another one. The anointing empowers me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. (laughs) I will set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So when you are anointed, you are set apart from the crowd, uh, essentially for, for you to be able to do whatever God gives for you to do this down the road. Because there are a lot of things that are down the road that you don't even know are coming. God knows they're coming, and God wants you to be anointed, prepared, and ready to take action there. So when you're anointed, you are actually empowered by the Holy Spirit. James chapter 5 verse 14 also gives us some powerful insight on what it means to be anointed with oil. It says, is any of you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church, which we'll be doing that here in a minute, to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, I want to pause there for just a second. You do not have to be sick to be prayed for by the rest of the elders here in a second, okay? You don't have to be because there's a lot more to this. It says, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and that all is under the canopy of being anointed with oil. So there's, there's power in this that goes well beyond even physical healing. Now, Rebecca and I, as the head elders or the lead elders of our church, we're going to anoint you first, and then you're going to receive prayer from our other church elders. So we'll be practicing this here in just a few minutes. And they may even speak prophetic words over you. It's, it's all, they're going to be led by the voice of the Holy Spirit, but, but I just want you to receive that prayer. And when they do pray over you and when they do offer those, those prayers, and I, I, I want you just to receive, and I want you to tell them what you need prayer for as well. All right, so, so it was a little different, though, in Bible times. You see, back in the times of, of the Bible, when a person was anointed, they would take this huge flask of oil and dump it over their heads. Have any of you had someone do that to anoint you with oil for a special purpose? Well, probably not. Now, I have, I'll just be honest with you, I have been in some services where they tried to do that, like, no, I ain't going to do that. You just, you don't need to do, you don't need to cover me and drench me at all. I'm, I'm just fine a little, because it, it doesn't say that there's a certain amount that has to be there. But, but anointing with oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Do you catch that? So anointing with oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and that's the important point here. And it's going to manifest in your life different from person to person according to your need. So what happens here as we take communion and you receive an anointing, you receive prayer, God is going to manifest himself to you individually according to your needs. And that's the beauty of this. So the oil itself, it doesn't hold any power. And it's not like holy water. Uh, We don't practice that anyway. But the symbolism of the Holy Spirit behind it, it connects the spiritual 
with the physical, the physical being the oil placed on a physical person. So here are some ways that this has worked. And I, I've, I've trained you in this in the past, but I just want to remind you of it today. Uh, often a person who is going to be uh, commissioned to an office or a position. So what happens is God's spirit is symbolically placed upon them by someone else in authority anointing them with oil. In the Old Testament, it could have been like a king or a prophet or a priest or a leader. Today, it's like with pastors and ministers. And, and there was a time when I received what was called my ordination. And, and that I was anointed with oil by my father who was an ordained minister. And he prayed blessing over me. And, and it, was a, it was a powerful moment moving me forward. But that means that whenever you're anointed with oil, you are being set apart. You're being set apart to do God's work. And, and, and really, the desire to be anointed with oil is a personal recognition that you can't do it on your own. See, that's why you have to break pride to be able to do this. It's like, no, I just can't do this on my own. I need God's help. Now, there's another example of how this works. Often, uh, people will anoint objects or they'll anoint uh, certain places that, that symbolically are to be cleansed and set apart for holy purposes, in a sense, kind of like applying the, the presence of God to that person and, uh, or to that, to that object, basically. And, and that happened in the Bible. Objects in the temple were anointed with oil, and they were set apart for holy purposes. And that would be a powerful moment. But, uh, but in today's world, in today's world, it does work a, a little bit different because we can anoint you. It doesn't have to be a priest anointing anything. You have the power to be able to do that yourself. Today, you can anoint a new home. In fact, you should. Anoint a new home. Anoint your place of business. Anoint the church building. Anoint the instruments and the, and the furniture for worship and all of that. And, and, and it also works for a sense of spiritual cleansing. It does work with spiritual cleansing. And, uh, and I, know what, I know a lot of you are watching the conversation that's going on over there, and, and I, I'm enjoying the conversation too. But why don't we just pull the blinds closed because a lot of you are paying more attention to that than this. Oh, wait. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to stop and say, okay, we'll wait. Uh, 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 it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's fine out there. But, but I know that when a distraction out the windows becomes more important or pre- predominant over the scriptures and the preaching, then it's like, okay, let's just pause. This is not the first time. I, I, the, one of the funniest times is when a guy walked up to the windows. We had the windows wide open, and he couldn't see in, and he was using the reflection off of it to groom himself. So he spent a few minutes there grooming himself, fixing himself up, just standing right there. Everybody was watching him, so I was like, let's just, let's just all watch. That's before we had curtains. So we just watched and waited until he was finished, and then we went on with, with everything else. So is that cool? <laughs> that, just, that just shows you God definitely has a sense of humor. He likes to keep us, uh, keep us going here. So, but, but, I, but I want you to remember again, the oil itself holds no power. It's the symbolism of the Holy Spirit that connects the spiritual with the physical. And there's another example of it, which I uh, shared earlier with that passage, where, where a person who is sick, they need supernatural healing. So the Holy Spirit is symbolically placed upon them so they are anointed, all right? So Jesus in the Bible, he sent his followers out to heal sick people and to anoint them with oil. 
And here in the passage that I read, James chapter 5, verse 14, the elders of the church, we do the same. We anoint with oil, and, and that way sick people can receive prayer. We do that every single service. We, we, we changed it a little bit today because we typically have that going on during the time of praise and worship. The elders come to the front and anoint with oil and pray over you. We didn't do that today because we're going to be doing that at the end because I really want to take a little more time doing it today. But uh, anointing with oil, it releases Holy Spirit power. And it also says in that scripture that the faith prayers, so when the elders pray with faith over you, that their, their prayers become powerful and effective when it's coupled with this anointing with oil. So there's, and there's also a connection here. It's so interesting. It's, I don't understand it all, but there's a connection here with the breaking of sin strongholds and people when they are prayed over and anointed with oil. Sin strongholds are broken. And because many times sin strongholds are behind, uh, physical conditions, or it's, it's behind uh, mental illness or mental afflictions or physical afflictions. There could be sin strongholds there, so that helps to break that. So there's great power in this. So what we do, we anoint and we pray. And I want you to be anointed for a new year. Here's what anointing brings you. Anointing brings you blessing and favor. I'm going to go through these quickly. A blessing and favor. It is symbolic of God's blessing on your life. God's favor is upon you. Yeah, I like to think of it this way. Just think of yourself as God's favorite. Like, no, God has another favorite. No, he doesn't. You are his favorite. Of course, someone else is as well. I used to tell my boys this when they were growing up. I'd say, you know, I just need to let you know you're my favorite. Because each one was. When I would pull each one of my boys aside and, and spend time with them, I would take my boys on, on a week and a half to two-week man trip when they turned 12. And I would let them know. I was like, son, you're my favorite. I'm like, really, Dad? You, yeah, you really, really are. I mean, later on, I told them that. I said, yeah, I, I've said that to all of you guys. But you are my favorite. And that is the heart of God toward you. You're God's favorite. Are, are you getting that? See, anointing also brings something else. Grace and forgiveness. God removes your filthiness. He clothes you in garments of righteousness and beauty. He clothes you in such fine garments. Another thing, anointing brings you authority. You have spiritual authority over darkness. Anointing also brings God's love and compassion. See, what happens is you're anointed with the Holy Spirit, anointed with oil. There's this deep love and compassion you'll begin to have for other people. It's something like you've never really even felt, felt before. You couldn't conjure it up on your own, but then you become empowered to set them free in the name of Jesus because that's what the scriptures say. I'm telling you guys, anointing is powerful. Anointing also brings spiritual gifts. Now, I, I want you to, to understand this. I cannot, no one can anoint you to receive a particular spiritual gift. I can't lay hands on you and say, I'm going to transfer a spiritual gift to you because I can't do that. God gives the gifts, okay? God gives the spiritual gifts, but he gives those gifts to you as you hunger for them. He, in fact, the scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians uh, 14 that you are to ask for and desire the greater gifts, and then, but then God gives those gifts out to you as he desires. But, but there's, a, there's power in receiving those gifts when you're anointed. 
Also, um, anointing brings the power to witness. You know, the Holy Spirit, he wants to speak through you. He wants to work through you. He wants you to be a witness for Jesus. Around here, we say this all the time. We're all about making Jesus known. But we really don't have the power to make Jesus known until we have that anointing working in our lives. Also, the anointing brings God's presence. It's this abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. And and even, even now, what happens, and I believe that even as you're anointed and prayed over here in just a few minutes, that there's just going to be release of revelation and even application of God's word. See, the anointing allows you to hear the word of God and hear what God is saying to you specifically. That's why I always pray this, that God will customize the message, customize the word of God for each and every individual. So that brings that revelation. So Honestly, anointing is this. Anointing is all about a greater measure of Holy Spirit presence in our lives. It's more of God. It's more of His Spirit. And for us today, it is preparation. It's, it's uh, positioning ourselves well for the year that's ahead. In fact, one of the things I encourage you to do when you go home is to anoint your home, your house, where you live today. Just do it today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Just do it today. It's a New Year's Day thing you're going to do. Anoint it for 2023. It's been a habit of mine that whenever we get a new house, we anoint it. And from time to time, your living place just needs to be anointed again. What does that mean? You invoke the presence of God into that setting. And someone, you know, if you're living with, uh, in a home, it could be a spouse or a child or someone who's just, who's not even serving God at all and there are problems and, and they're, they're, there's a lot of strain and stress that's there. Maybe someone who's just simply far, far from God. One of the things that you can do is you can anoint, go, go to their stuff and anoint their pillow with oil. I mean, I'm not talking about dumping, dumping a, a whole bucket of oil on it. That'd be gross. But you can just simply anoint with oil there and, and just, just anoint where they're going to be and what they're going to touch. Just do that. I've done that for years, and it brings about powerful results. In fact, this morning, before you got here, probably before you got out of bed, I, 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 des- I was desiring this. Like all night, I kept waking up kind of thinking about this. I wanted to come in and anoint every single chair. I wanted to anoint the doors. I wanted to anoint everything before one person walked into this building in 2023. Why? It's because it's, it's, it's an invoking the presence of God into this place. And I believe in that, and the scriptures say that we're supposed to do stuff like that. Now, I want you to do that. I want you to be ready for that today. So at the close of service, we're going to anoint you. But, but uh, you're going to be anointed for a purpose also. And you are going to know what that purpose is. Because that purpose comes through what I call your one word for the year. So you determine your one word for the year. And then God gives you some purpose. God gives you some direction. And I want to be anointing you for that purpose and for that direction today. And the, the elders as well. So... Uh, yeah, and and I, I've been doing this for about 10 years where I discover my own word for the year. And, and it usually comes uh, to me through uh, scriptures that have been resonating in my heart or things that have just been kind of flowing in, into my heart just through my, my Bible reading. And, and it, it typically, a lot of times, the word that God gives me for the year aligns with what God's doing in the local church, what God's doing here. And, and, uh, and so... I want to share with you some little things which can help nudge you in the right direction regarding choosing your one word for the year. 
So I want you to be, be considering this. So I want to give you five corporate words for City of Life Church. These are very unique corporate words that have been spoken really over the past few months. So this is kind of like where we are, where we're going. And, and I'm just going to share these with you very quickly. One is insight. That, that's a key word for us. That's where darkness, uh, just that darkness is, is getting darker. We know that. But also the light is getting brighter and God wants to give you insight. God wants to give you eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you and to your family. And, and for you to be able to overcome the lies of the culture because they are so strong and prevalent at this time. There is much, there is much deception and the culture today. And God wants to give his church, he's giving us insight to overcome that. Another is humility. And that there's, there's a calling on us during this season to be, to be what I call poor in spirit. Actually, it's what the Bible calls it, poor in spirit. Jesus calls it that. But humility looks like weakness, but it's not. Humility actually wins in the end. So what humility does is it, is it defeats pride and boasting and self-centeredness, and it begins to fade away when you walk in humility because you can't really operate in God's power until you operate in humility. Another word that, that we've been talking about recently is the term abundance. Abundance. I believe that God is bringing provision for what you need. Not necessarily everything that you want. Just like a little child may have all these wants and desires for Christmas. They don't get them all. But what you need is what God's going to give you. God's not your Santa Claus either. But he's going to give you what you need. But God works through through people and God works miraculously, sovereignly on his own to, to let those things happen. But the word abundance literally means this. It means more than enough. And abundance can come in a lot of different forms. It can come in spiritual form. It can come in a tangible form. It can come in a relational form or even an emotional form. So God wants to bring abundance. Another term that has been, we've been God's been using among us is the term blessing. See, God is providing for the people who need it the most. And, and at the same time, you get to be a channel of blessing toward others to provide for them. See, God is working supernaturally to bring blessing on his people, and we are also empowered supernaturally to let blessing flow through us to those who need it. And the other term which we've used and tossed around a little bit is that term retribution, and, and that, that has, that's a two-sided coin. And, and I just want to remind you what, what the word rep, retribution really means. It means to, rep, to recompense or reward the dispensing or receiving of a reward or a punishment. That's what the scriptural definition is. So what that really means is wherever there's justice, God is bringing it to you. And, it, and again, it could be reward or punishment. We, I believe it's going to be reward because as we, as we uh, continue to live our lives for the Lord, there are rewards associated with that. And, and uh, in other words, God's going to have the last word. Thank God. Thank God. That is divine retribution. And it's not negative. It, it goes both ways. So again, five corporate words that, that God has given to us during this season are insight, humility, abundance, blessing, and retribution. Now, I also tend to find my word for the year in scriptures. And there are a few of these that have been catalytic for our church, again, during this season. It's a unique season, unique scriptures for us as a church. But some of these may resonate with you to help you to identify 
that one word that you're going to share. And I'm going to get through this before I share with you my own. But Isaiah 50, uh, Isaiah 35 verse 4 says this, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, and your word might be in here somewhere, be strong. Do not fear Your God will come, and he will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. There's that word. He will come to save you. Here's another scripture that's been thematic for us. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. I love this. He gives strength to the weary. Oh, this is a favorite of mine. And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Powerful, powerful. And God will speak to you through these these scriptures and say, you know what? This is part of what God is giving me for this year. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57 says thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus. Therefore my brothers and sisters stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So God's word now here, what I've been praying is that God's word begins to penetrate your heart. You begin to open your heart to the word of God to receive even a unique word for the year that's going to go ahead of you. Now, I arrived at my word for 2023 just yesterday. I I finally solidified it yesterday, just in time for a service today. I'm kind of glad I I got that out of the way. But I've been feeling this word for quite some time, and and I wrote it down. But but what I did, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I asked God for a confirmation. In fact, it's all through the scriptures. You can ask God for confirmations. And so I asked God for a confirmation. God, confirm this for me. And God confirmed it last night in such a crazy, interesting way because the moment it happened, I went, okay, my word, that, that, that's it, that's it. You see, last night, I was, Rebecca and I, were babysitting our grandkids, and one of them is my 11-month-old grandson. His name is Elijah. And he was playing around, crawling around on the floor, and then he got up, stood up on his own, and did like this. His sister says, look, he's standing, he's standing, he's standing, Elijah's standing. And that was all the confirmation I needed. That's all I needed because my word for 2023 is this, it is stand, it is stand. And so what I've done, what I did last night is I began to create some declarations that, so like when y'all were, I don't know what y'all were doing, you know, prior to, to, the clock striking 12. Actually, I was asleep at the time. But prior to that, I, was, I began to, to, to carve out these declarations. And, and uh, so I have that word stand for my 2023 word, but it's developed upon uh, these declarations from God's word, which is this. And first of all, it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is what I just read. I will stand firm. 
I will let nothing move me. I will give myself fully to the work of the Lord because I have the victory in Christ Jesus. So these are things that I'm going to be keeping in front of me all year long. So then I went to another scripture and I got uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. And I was going to have you read the whole thing with me. And it's just because all a bunch of stands that are in there. So I'm just, just you know, I don't have to read all that to you. But, but it allowed me, and y'all don't have to put that, all those scriptures up. Because I was going to read through like 10 verses. So I, I, I like the Bible, okay. But, but uh, I don't want to do overkill. So I want to, sh- but I do want to show you the application of it. So I took what was there in Ephesians chapter 6. Which is, which is the, the passage about the armor of God, all right? And, and so here's what I wrote. Based upon the word of God, I will stand my ground when the day of evil comes. Because it doesn't say in the scriptures if, it says when. I will stand my ground when the day of evil comes. I will stand after I have given my all. That means when I don't have anything left to give, I'm still going to stand. I will stand firm in the armor of God, the full armor of God, and I will stand firm in prayer. And that was the final one that was there. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about moving forward with those declarations in my life based upon my one word. Now, this is how it can work for you. Come up with your word first and then begin to write out some declarations. In fact, before we leave, some of you may already begin to write out some declarations for your life, all right, Uh, for the year. But here in two Sundays, on January 15th, we're going to have what I call Vision Sunday, and I'm going to be preaching on our theme for the year for the church. And actually, this year, we have one word, interestingly enough, that is our theme, and that one word is ready. Now, I'm going to be talking more about that later, but it's City Life's uh, theme for 2023 is that term ready. I've got to wait till the rest of the congregation gets back in and everybody decides, okay, they're over the holidays. We'll do that then. But, But I say this all of this stuff so that you will have this insight so that you can put together something that is spirit-directed that will be an impetus for your life in 2023. And if you make some declarations, memorize them. If, once you get your one word, I mean, go to, I don't know, go to Amazon or something and find something that has that word and get it and, and put it on you. Get a, I, a lot of times I get a hat and I just put, put my one word on my hat and wear it around. People are like, what does that mean? That's my word for the year. Uh, but but I, I do that. Sometimes it's, it comes off a little weird and so I'm like, oh no, I, I, that's going to look a little weird on a hat. But, but find a way to do that so that that word stays in front of you. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do before we move into this time of prayer and anointing and communion is I'm going to ask you to go ahead and take out the card. You're going to have some time to fill this out, but every single one of you were, uh, a card was provided for you on your seat. And unless you've played with it and used it for other purposes, you know, you should have it there. And, and if not, just if you see one lying nearby, take it. If, you, if there's someone nearby who has it in their hand and they don't seem to care about it, just take it from them. So you, you're going to be just fine. Those of you who are in the production booth, I know you've got yours too, right? All right? Okay, good, good, good. You've got them. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just, just look at that. Look at the card. It's real simple. Just ask you know, some information so we know who you are, and you're going to write your one word on there. When you do that, after you do that, take a picture of it. Keep it for yourself. And then here when we do our prayer time, I'm going to have you bring them to the front and just lay them at the, at the front. Because I also want to be praying with you over your one word for the year. I don't have to know the details of what it means or how it functions, but I want to agree in prayer with you so you're not standing on your own with that one word. I want to stand with you. And here are some questions to ask yourself. 
Some good questions to ask yourself is this. What is God saying to you now? What is God saying to me now? What's God saying? Whatever God is saying, that could be something that's, that, that goes into that one word. If you've been listening to the voice of God, it, it, it usually comes as a still, small voice. It's a whisper. It's a nudge. It's something that's deep inside of you that just keeps coming back again and again. And then God often uh, will, will even confirm that, kind of like the way it worked with me yesterday. What's God saying to you now? Because God is speaking. The challenge is we just have to listen. Here's the next one. What area of your life does God want you to use? What area of your life can God use? And you know God is supposed to be using that area of your life. That could be a key for discovering that one word for the year. Here's a third one. A third one is this. What area of your life do you want God to transform? Is there something you want God to transform in your life? And that could be that word that gives you that clarity of focus. You're just going to focus on that, and God can bring transformation in your life. It may take a year, but he can bring transformation in your life through your pursuit of that one word, understanding the, the kingdom of God, how it surrounds it all. And here's another one. How does God want to position you? for 2023. How do you believe God wants to move you, position you, and have you set and ready for action for this year? Your word may come from that question right there. Well, I've given you plenty of thoughts on how to find this word for you, but I can't find it for you. Um, But I tell you what, when you get that one word, that one word becomes like a laser. It just becomes like a laser because you can focus on it and, and it's going to cut through your status quo. I do not want you heading into this year in just status quo. Status quo is not acceptable for any of us as believers, especially after I read to you that, that scripture that we started off with in first, from Philippians chapter number three. So one word, it's simple and it's powerful and simplicity when it's done right can bring amazing results in your life. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to transition now and I'm going to be giving you time to do this over the next few minutes. Um, and in just a second, if you're, if you're watching online, what I want you to do is to get open up the City Life app and go ahead and fill out the form that's there because it's right there in the front of the City Life app. But, but I also have to tell, I'm going to talk to people online here for a second. If you're watching online, we are actually going to go offline during this time period. Because as we wrap up the service, what I want to do is I want there to be an intimate atmosphere in here. And, you know, we don't necessarily want everything going out on the World Wide Web when we just move into a time of prayer. So, so there's, there's that time of intimacy and prayer where God can work powerfully. And, uh, and so... We're, because the teaching will be over, the sermon will be over, we're going to end the live stream here in just a second. But I do want you to complete your one word uh, that's there in the, in the app. And, uh, and, I, and I, I want to thank you again for joining us uh, live uh, through the live stream. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry that you're not able to participate in this next part, but if you would like prayer or to be anointed in any way, please, next Sunday, if you're able to be here, be here, because I want to do this with you and I want to do this for you. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.